Well, good morning. Good morning. It's good to see all of you here. Visitors who welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ, we're glad that you've come to worship with us today. Today is a very, very special day in the life of the church and in the life of many individuals. You'll see that uh, today is All Saints Sunday, and we will be recognizing those who've, who've uh, gone before us. And there is a list of those who have passed away since the last All Saints Sunday that is associated with the church. You may know some people that are on this list, but then if you look up on the, the uh, communion railing, you'll see that there are many different uh, candles that if you would like, right after communion, we'll be having communion in a few minutes, if you'd like to light a candle for somebody that you love in memory of them, uh, it doesn't have to be someone who died this year, it could be someone who is from your past that you, uh, you just want to recognize today. Because this is a very, very special day that we recognize that cloud of witnesses of, of the saints who have gone before us. That'll be your opportunity to do that. So right after you come forward and receive communion, you can, you can go on either side. And there are candles there that you can, you can take and, and light, light uh, one, of the, one of the smaller candles there. Also, uh, if you look on the back of, that, of this sheet of names, you'll see there's a couple of events that are coming up that hopefully will help in your grieving. The, uh, the one on December 1st, that sort of gets you some, some tools that will help you in the grief process. And then, you know, Christmas is, and the holidays are not always fun. You know, if you're, if you're in deep grief, uh, sometimes they're a blue experience. And that, therefore, we have a special service. It's a smaller service for anybody who wants to come who is, is grieving and wants to recognize that we call it Blue Christmas and we've done this for a few years and you can see it is at 2.30 on, on December 1st as well. Other things that are listed there in the bulletin as you can see, uh, how many of you are here for Trunk or Treat on Halloween? That was a wow. And the, you know, I, thank you so much volunteers, everybody who brought candy and who were willing to, to be a part of that. It was awesome. Uh, we had well over 700 people that came to our, our facility. And the, the new gymnasium, can you imagine being outside on that night? Well, a lot of people had to cancel, a lot of churches had to cancel trunk or treat, so we were having more and more people come to our event. And it was, it was awesome. Uh, ran out of hot dogs. Uh, had a lot of candy, though, had, had a lot of candy. But it was a lot of fun. And I'm sure if you helped out, you're worn out because it was quite a night and getting ready for it all. But, you know, I love that because we, we send out uh, flyers with people. We let them know about the church, but even more importantly, we let them know about Jesus Christ. And we're, we're so excited that we had, were able to welcome that many people into, into uh, Christ Church. So thank you for your help with that. Uh, other things that are listed there, as you can see, uh, feel free to uh, come and participate in, in whatever, whatever you would like there. Uh, we, uh, we're going to begin our worship service here, and I'd like to do that by just uh, once again reminding you that it's All Saints Day, and if you'll please stand, I'd like you to greet each other in the name of Jesus Christ as we get ready to uh, have worship music. <laughs> Awesome. 
Let's all, let's all raise our hands and our hearts and our voices to the Lord this morning. Everyone say 
Please be seated. Right now we are going to enter into a very, very precious time. It's called Holy Communion, and the kids are, are with us. They're invited. If you are uh, visiting our church, you are welcome. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to be with Jesus, and those who want to draw closer to, to Jesus, it's his invitation to his table. And then Along with that, on All Saints Sunday, we also take very, very uh, uh, clearly the message that there is a communion with the saints. And this great cloud of witnesses have joined us in this worship service. And it'll be an opportunity for you to light a candle to one of those saints that has gone on to the glory. And right after communion, you can, you can do that. But let's prepare our hearts and minds for Holy Communion. Lord Jesus, we remember, we remember you, and on the night in which you gave yourself up for us, you gathered with your disciples, your followers, and you had one last meal with them, and at that meal you took the bread, and you blessed it, and you broke it, and you gave it to them, saying, Take eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Then when the supper was over, you took the cup, and after giving you thanks, you, you said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the, of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. So now as we come forward, we remember once again your great love for us, your great sacrifice for us. Be with us as we eat the bread and drink of the cup, that it might be an opportunity to draw closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. For those who are going to help with communion, will you please come forward?
We have three stations. You're welcome to go to any of the three. And then you can come right behind if you want to light a candle. Once again, it's Jesus's, Jesus Christ's invitation to you. So at his call, at his beckoning, won't you please come?
for uh, giving an offering and uh, use it as a part of your worship to allow uh, God to further his kingdom work. So let's pray for this offering. Lord God, I thank you for all that you've given us. I thank you for that precious moment of Holy Communion. We now turn back to you our tithes and offerings we ask that you use them to further your work in the Quad Cities and around the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. 
Candles are beautiful. Each one represents at least one person that is dear to us, that has gone on before us. And now is the time that we recognize and we honor the saints who've passed away this past year since the last, since the last All Saints Sunday. Lord God, in these moments of worship, and these opportunities to truly come to you with our hearts. We remember the cloud of witnesses that are here with us, that are worshiping you, surrounding us, cheering us on. And we remember those who have, that we love and, and see no more, who've gone on to glory in just this past year. Robert Alexander. Christopher Andrus. Harold Bettinger. Edith Borkren. James D. Christie. Dennis Converse. Mary Lou Dickinson. Reva Farmer. Leonard Gassaway. Susan Gase.
Marie Hanford. Basil Jordan. Don Uring. Lena Kill. George Kincaid. William McKnight. Bruce Mink. Charlotte Midrisen. Elaine Olson. Bev Oling. Marjorie Romine. Donald Spahn. Lois Stowicki. Frank Stewart. Jeannie Van Voltenberg. Robert Van Weichen. Gregory E. Williams. Lord God, we thank you for all those who are represented here today with the lighting of the candle and also those who are represented with the prayers of our hearts. Be with each one of us as we go forth from this place, celebrating and rejoicing their, their heavenly reward. Also, Lord, I ask that you be with us, that as we live here, 
that we can live with the witness of a, of a, of the cloud, a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, and that we will feel their presence and also their cheering on in this world as we seek to do your will. Hear us now as we pray together the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I have a scripture passage that I want to read to you that's kind of long. And if you would like to follow along in the Bible, it's on page 1159. It'll also be on the front screen. But as I looked at uh, All Saints Sunday and what it means to me, and hopefully what it'll mean to you, that this, this passage of scripture will resonate. It comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through chapter 5, verses 9, 1 through 9. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. At home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. May the Lord add His blessing to the reading and hearing of His holy word. Let's pray. Lord God, I ask that you speak to us, speak to our hearts. 
Help to comfort us where comfort is needed. Help to give us wisdom where we need it. May these words also be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now that was a long piece of scripture, but it, it really speaks to me, and hopefully by the time we get through today, it will speak to you as well. If I were to summarize what it had to say, I would probably take the one verse, part of the verse of, of 5, 8, 2 Corinthians 5, 8, where it, it says, to be absent from the body and to be present with Christ, and also uh, what, it, what says, to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Let's say that together. At home with the Lord. Let's say that. At home with the Lord. That's, that, that sounds good. It feels good, doesn't it? What does it mean to be at home with the Lord? Well, we, uh, we're here celebrating those who've gone before us. And we, we know what that means. It means that they're gone. But where do they go? And what, what happens to us? Where does that leave us? Well, Paul, I think, tries to describe all that in this passage of Scripture. And he talks about these earthly tents in which we live. How many of you have ever in your life, from kid on, spent a night in a tent outside? Almost every hand goes up. Okay, next question. How many have spent a night in a tent during a storm? Oh, man. That is not fun. You know, give me a holiday inn instead of a tent. I remember way back when I was a young pastor, I went to a, a continuing education event in Ohio, and I thought, hey, I could save money by camping. So I went out to a backyard sale, bought a $5 tent, and I drove to Ohio, put that tent up in a campsite, and I was set. First night, everything was Great. Second night, there was probably the worst storm that Toledo, Ohio's ever seen. Guess what happened to me? I discovered that my $5 tent leaks like a sieve. I just got soaked. There was no chance of, of survival in that tent. I finally had to go in and sleep in my car. I, was, I just, literally, I was soaked. And it, it reminded me that i got to go buy a new tent. And this one's no good. It's worn out. And what, what, is, what is trying to be said here is that in, in, in the passage of, of, of 2 Corinthians, it says that our bodies are like tents. Now, tents are something that are temporary and will not last. They'll wear out. They're not all that sturdy, sometimes rip, sometimes leak, and they're susceptible to the high winds of life and, and can easily be destroyed by the storms of life. That's the kind of the tent that our earthly body is. And in 2 Corinthians 4.16, it states that our outer nature is wasting away. And what Paul is telling us is that 
life in this world is temporary and our bodies will wear out. Time is limited. We all know what, what it means to have something wear out. Car wears out. Got to get another car. An appliance wears out. Go for some, a newer model, right? Just like a car, you go for a newer model. Joy has this look when she's ready to, to get a new model. I see it in her eyes. Sometimes she looks at me that way. Right? <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to get a new model, a new, new, new body? But we don't. We can't. We're kind of stuck with what we have. All through this life, you'll have that same body. And, and there's a second part of this. It says that even though this earthly tent, this body that we live in, is wearing out, something wonderful is happening on the inside. It's a renewal process that brings us closer to God. If we let it. Paul says, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You know, this, this is Paul, you know, who, who got beat up for his faith, got whipped, got stoned. They thought he was dead. A shipwrecked, and he's talking about the light and momentary afflictions and troubles of this world. It's like, I don't know about you, but I, I don't see my troubles as, as light and momentary. But he had this mindset that's different. He, he's saying that, that the things that we're going through now is is not you know it's, it's nothing compared to the to the incredible glory that we will experience in heaven. It's just, it makes it look really light and 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 really like oh okay, okay it was worth it all. And then third, there's this when when we're absent from the body, when that happens, we are present with the Lord. I got news for you. When you accept Jesus Christ into your life you won't be attending your funeral. Christians don't attend their own funerals. When they die, they are immediately present in the presence of the Lord. Isn't that cool? Today is All Saints Day, All Saints Sunday. And these 28 candles represented, plus all the ones that you were able to light, they represent people that we love, but we... Noah has gone, that have gone on, and, and they're no longer among us. And I, I hope that, that along with me, you, you will receive some answers and some comfort from this passage of Scripture that was written by Paul. And in order to do that, Paul says this strange thing. He says in, in 4.18, chapter 4, verse 18, he says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen? Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, that means we're going we're gonna to have to focus on that which we can't see. You ready to do that, church? 
What I see in Paul's writing is that the ones that we love but see no more are experiencing a new and glorious life. What are they experiencing? Well, number one, they're they're experiencing being released. Released from the restrictions of the bodies that they, uh, the body that they had in this world. And uh, don't get me wrong, you know, our, our bodies are truly a wonder of God's creation. In, in Genesis chapter 2, it talks about God breathing into us. You know, you have God's breath in you. And then also in, in Psalm 139, it talks about being fearfully and wonderfully made by, by God. We're walking miracles and wonders of God's handiwork. Yet there's limits to that. The older I get, the more I realize the limits. I remember, you know, I believe it or not, I used to be really, really good at basketball. And then there, come a, there came a time when I was on the court playing, and a ball started to go out of bounds. And my mind said, I got it. But my body didn't get it. And I'm going, what's going on here? And as time goes on, the body becomes more limited. For some of you younger people, that's probably hard to hear. But some of you older people, you understand that. So there's this release from the body. Secondly, there is, they have received something. And, and they have, re, have been received into the realms of glory. Verse 5 says, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, built, not built by human hands. I mean, we, we will have this glorified body when we're done with the one here on earth, we will receive something far greater. And it's an instantaneous change. It doesn't, it doesn't happen over a long period of time. It's when we're absent from this body, we are present with the Lord. When we uh, experience the negative, it, uh, the, the, the negative of dying, there is this powerful positive of a new life in Christ in heaven. Death below Life above in heaven. Present with God. You know, there's this arrival in heaven. Can you imagine this arrival in heaven? And no doubts about where Jesus is. He's there. And no doubts about where we are. We'll be with him. You know, any kind of a description that, that I could have would fall short of the reality of what heaven is like. It just, there's, there's no eyewitness. We, we just can't. Explain it. So not only is there a release from the body and receiving this heavenly body in heaven, there, there is this rejoicing that your loved ones are doing right now. A rejoicing. They rejoice with the redeemed of the ages, the, the cloud of witnesses that we talk about. They're rejoicing. <laughs> Imagine what it's like up there. Imagine meeting the the heroes of the Bible, you know, of the, of the Bible characters that you've read about, who are you look, looking forward to meet? Well, for me, Paul is one. Like, Paul, how in the world did you do it? You set the bar so high. 
You're getting beat up all the time. You, you're on first name basis with the jailers. Uh, you know, all for your faith. What was it like to get bit by a snake and then shake it off into the fire after a shipwreck? You know, can you imagine getting, you know, having a shipwreck and getting all that and then get bit by a snake? He just shakes it off and, and nothing wrong. Like, Paul, how did you do it? And then there's, there's Moses, you know, this incredible leader, led, led the people out of Egypt. He's like, Moses, I read about your time in the wilderness with these people. They, they were like, it must have been like herding cats. How did you lead that? And then, and then what about Joshua? The one that God tapped on the shoulder at the death of Moses and said, Joshua. Rise up and take the land. Be strong and courageous. What was that like, Joshua? Doing that work. Get to see, get to see those, those men and women of the Bible, the heroes of the Bible. And then, and then there's the heroes of the faith. You know, we're, we're here because of John Wesley. Some of you have heard of John Wesley. John Wesley stood about this tall. He was a priest in the Church of England. He got... God got a hold of him, and he started preaching with enthusiasm. And because he was preaching with enthusiasm, they kicked him out of churches. And, you know, you read his journal, and he'd say, I preached at such and such place, I won't be preaching there anymore. Because he was so enthusiastic about his faith, he was so filled with Christ and the Holy Spirit that they couldn't take it. And so he eventually took his message outside of the church, started preaching in fields and in, in town squares or wherever he could, and people by the thousands would come to hear him and others. And they'd find out about Jesus Christ and they'd, they'd turn their lives around. And there were some who did not like it. Can you imagine... Be, being preaching outside him, people throw rocks at you, trying to trying to hit you with a rock. In his in his uh, journal, John Wesley talks about one day he was preaching and they're throwing rocks and someone hit him right between the eyes, right there. You know what that little guy did? took out a handkerchief, he wiped off all this blood that was going on, his face, wiped it off, and kept on preaching. Wow. Folks, that's, that's what you come from. That's a stock. That's, that's what you come from. That kind of tough. Heroes of the faith. Another one I want to see, want to meet, is Billy Graham. I remember a kid seeing him on TV time and time again. What an incredible man to have made an impact in our world during, it, during our lifetime. And not only will you, you, you be able to see, see those who, who have been uh, you know, in the highlight of, of uh, influence, But you'll be able to see the people who early on told you about Jesus. 
who maybe led you to Christ and now have gone on to their heavenly reward, you'll be able to see them. <laughs> maybe you'll go up to them and thank them for caring enough to tell them, to tell you about Jesus. And then, then on the other side of that church, hopefully, hopefully, you will spend your life sharing about Jesus with people you care about. And hopefully you care about everyone. And they'll come up to you in heaven and say, thank you. If it wasn't for you, I may not be here. <laughs> not to mention being reunited and rejoicing in being reunited with loved ones. People in our family we love, others that we, we love, our friends being re reunited with them. But most of all and greatest of all would be rejoicing in the presence of Jesus. Imagine looking, looking directly into Jesus' eyes as he welcomes you home. And it is our home. It's sort of like this is a temporary dwelling for us. It's not meant to be permanent. I want you to think about life here. In the meantime, before we go to heaven, we're born, we have a life, we live it, and then we die. There's a beginning and there's an end. And when the end comes, our life is designated with one date, which is the birth date, and then our death date. And in between it is the dash. And I tell you, life is a dash between the two dates. I mean, it goes so fast. It's like a dash. And, and what are we to do with this dash? Well, in 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 10, Paul talks about that. He says, therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not by sight. Sort of like what we're doing right now, focusing on that which is unseen instead of that which is seen. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to, obviously, to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. It's our home. We're heading, after the dash, to our home. So we make it our goal to please Him. There it is. Our goal is to please Jesus, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Now, this time on earth, this dash to the end of our lives is an opportunity to live for Christ, to do His will, to please Him. That should be our goal. Verse 5 says, Now the one who has fashioned us to this very purpose is God. And He has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. In other words, in this world, we seek to do what God wants us to do. The Holy Spirit empowers us and works with us to do that which He calls us to do. And that 
gift of the Holy Spirit is a deposit of the guarantee of what's to come, that, that eternal life that's going to happen. So, you know, how do we get there? How do we get to this eternal life that I've been talking about? Well, some say it's as easy as ABC. A being admit. First thing we need to do is to admit that we're sinners. And we can't do anything about our sins. And we need to understand that Jesus came into this world to die for our sins. We admit that we are sinners. Secondly, believe. Believe the fact that Jesus came in the world to die for you. Take it personally. Don't say the world. Say you. Jesus died for you. He rose again from the dead for you to prepare a place for you in heaven. He died for the things that you've done wrong. And he rose again from the dead to prepare a place for you in heaven. Believe that. And third, confess. Confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ died for you and rose again from the dead to prepare a place for you in heaven. To you know, pray and, and thank him for that. And then also be bold enough to walk in that. Because he died for, for, for me. I'm going to live for him. It's pretty much that simple. And then after the da dash, after this life that at the end of it, it's going to look so short. Even if you live 103, 104 years, it's going to seem short. And there will come a day. And there will come a day when we are absent from the body and at home with the Lord. Do you see it? Even though it's invisible, do you see it? Folks, absent from the body and at home with the Lord. Brand new, glorious body dwelling in heaven, which is our eternal home. There's a, an old song some of you may know it, some of you, you uh, uh, may not. It's, it's called, When We All Get to Heaven. I love, the, I love the, the chorus. It says, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for this day. Thank you for those who are represented by the flames that are up here on the, on the communion railing and up front. And I ask, Lord, that you will be with us as we go through the dash of life, that we might live for you, that we might be able to receive what you have for us, rejoicing for eternity in heaven. In Jesus I pray. The God who made all that we see right now and the God that prepared our heavenly home, he reigns. Let's stand as a people of God and proclaim, declare, God, you reign. You paint the night. You count the stars and you call them by name 
the skies proclaim God you reign Your glory shines You teach the sun when to bring a new day Creation sings God you reign That's what you have to look forward to. So go and share your faith with someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Point them toward God. Let him save them as he is saving you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the people of God said, Amen. Amen. God, you reign.